Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Going on, guys. Garden Report, post-game edition, Game 3, Celtics-Sixers. John Zanis here, Bobby Manning, in Philly, as you can see. Nice shot, Bobby. I like where you're located. Are you like... I mean, this you're right. This row, baby. We didn't right, get seats down here tonight, but we made our way down. Right in the thick of it there at Press Row. Uh, Lively think, atmosphere, too. You can probably hear it. It's it's still a little rowdy here. Great crowd here. Considerable echo. Anybody else getting it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hearing anything. Interesting. It's coming into my headphones, so I'm going to take a. I'm going to maybe, stop talking Maybe you got the minute. show playing in another tab. It's possible, but I don't think so. Anyway, let's um, let's roll through it. Um, show, as always, is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, and what can you do if you want to sign up for FanDuel, Bobby? No sweat first bet if you were dumb enough to bet Philly, as you shouldn't be because, you know, uh, right now, obviously, things are trending heavy Celtics. Uh, then uh, this is what you would have gotten. But uh, Celtics... Uh, Celtics lock it up here. They take uh, they take game three, and uh, things are looking pretty good right now just in terms of, like, control of the series. Early observations, Bobby, and I want your take on things. Embiid was worlds better today than last game. That's something I don't think we expected. Um, James Harden was bad again. That is something yeah. I expected um, because you and I are kind of both off the James Harden train, and I, I thought game one, not a fluke, but not something likely to be repeated. Uh, but I think Celtics... You know, kind of, I think last two games really locked things down defensively. I think that's been the difference. Yeah, and I want to see the numbers here on the threes because Celtics finished 36, about average. You're usually going to win if you're that or above. Sixers, surprisingly to me, shoot uh, 43 in this one. It didn't feel that way. Yeah. Uh, They got a ton up, and they chased those with the Celtics. But for a lot of this game, and they did miss many open ones, they don't look as comfortable leaning into those. And again, they, they shoot they shoot great in this one. I'm very surprised by that number because they missed a lot of open ones and they didn't look comfortable taking them. Well, it's not a surprise though, Bobby. The number one three-point percentage team in the league this year was who? Who's that? The number one shooting percentage team from the three-point line was who this year? The Celtics. Philly. No. Philly. Philly had the highest percentage, but they only averaged 32 or so a game, whereas right. the Celtics was considerably higher. So they are a lower volume, but a, a, a decent percentage uh, shooting team. So, uh, you know, they can shoot it. It's just not their DNA to jack up a lot of threes. And it's still, you're right, it does feel a little awkward when they're at this number where the Celtics, it, you know, 
throwing up whatever they threw up today, another 45, that's just par for the course. Yeah, and maybe it's the manner in which they're shooting them. Maxi threw up a ton of aggressive ones, which I think they'll like from him. Harden, same deal. Uh, that touch isn't there from game one, although he got more involved on the ball in this one. I'm sure they'll like that. This isn't a game I, I think that Philly will panic over, uh, especially since they got Embiid going, as you said, to a larger degree in this game. Uh, other guys look more involved, especially Maxi Melton. So yeah. Philly fell flat late in this game, um, but stayed close throughout, despite, I thought, some really solid stuff from the Celtics here tonight. Getting Grant involved again, a huge night from Al Horford, but it started with Jalen again for me. He took the ball up in that opening quarter. He got some great sets early as they went up 14-4. And he played with that forcefulness again, whether it was taking Embiid out on the baseline in the corner there and driving past him for the and one, the and one over Harden. Just big basket after big basket. Pace the Celtics ahead throughout this game. Smart, similar effect. A lot of big plays in this one. Offensive rebounding huge for this team. And then the big Horford shot at the end is, I'm sure you want to address, John, the crunch time offense. Nearly five. If, if they don't get that offensive rebound, and it was Brogdon who also hit the three right before that. They're, they're talking about six straight empty possessions. It was trending. Within four. So that's the thing. This will this this is going to be like a see they did it sort of a conclusion. And I don't know that that's right. They, luckily, they they didn't. They they stayed with it defensively. But you're right, Bobby. We were talking about it on our text thread. Um, they did have a lot of empty possessions. Things really started to slow down at about the seven-minute mark or so. Uh, and you could just see things that just weren't – the offense wasn't flowing. They were trying to get it into Tatum's hands and then just kind of go. And they had a couple of scramble threes back, you know, in a couple of possessions there that without those, it could have gotten really ugly. And that was that was Brogdon and Horford off of the offensive rebound uh, there. And that kind of kept them going, you know, that the uh, – you know, Philly had gotten it down to five when Brogdon made his three. And then um, and then uh, I believe it was a four point lead. And again, not great possessions all the way down to the three minute mark. And then offensive rebound scramble out to Horford three. Those were the two buckets that they made in that stretch of time. OK, from the five and a half minute mark to the three and a half minute mark. And before that, really weren't doing anything. Um, you know, they hadn't scored from like six, four. So basically six and a half minutes on the offense just went to crap. And, but they got those two threes and that kept them going. And then they got seven straight points from Tatum. But I didn't love the possessions. I didn't love getting him out in the corner there uh, in the elbow with Harris where the where he's pinned on the sideline and the double can come at any time and really throw it off. I thought getting seven points out of that, out of that situation on those consecutive possessions was a, was a, a, they were very fortunate, but I did not like it at all. I didn't like the strategy at all. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, I look, they possessions. won, they won, they won, but like, it, I, I, I'm not, I'm not loving how it went. I think the defense, they stayed. It got with, dangerous late. It got you, dangerous and their, their possessions were not great, but they kept playing defense and Philly couldn't hit anything. And that was, what, I mean, so what that bailed was, that you was good. out. Fortunately, a Brogdon pull up three and that's why he's here to do stuff like that in crunch time. So credit yep. that. 
and a weird bounce on that Grant three, and a good pass by Smart to set up Grant for totally. three in the corner there. Yeah. But it bounces weird in the Brogdon's hands, and Horford's wide open for a three. So that gives you that breathing room for Tatum to go on the finishing run that he did. But before that, it's turnovers again. It's the double teams flying, and I'm not knowing what to do with that. It, it, you just saw this snowball building again toward a late-game collapse, John. This almost looked like one of those game ones uh, against Philly, game five against Atlanta, those style of games. And I'm sure the numbers, as we yeah. look again after this crunch time, aren't going to be great in terms of the Celtics. I, again, didn't love the possessions, but they got the results, so that you're going to take it. But I didn't love I didn't love the offense from seven minutes on uh, all the way through, really anything that they did there. But again, they made the shots. They made, you know, a, a bunch of big threes late, and that's all that matters. Sherrod, um, overall, main takeaway from tonight's game, again, kind of a rock fight in the sense that there was no flow. I put a lot of that on the refs with their whistles. Uh, too, way too many fouls, uh, way too many free throws, and I think didn't really – the teams weren't really getting into, you know, great rhythm there. But Celtics, I think all of their guys kind of played their roles – as, 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 as best they could and then hit big shots down the stretch there. So, I mean, a pretty well-rounded win. But what's your main takeaway? Uh, I, my biggest takeaway from this is just they were able to maintain their composure when a lot of things that we've seen in the past would just absolutely lead to them imploding and letting a game like this get away. Uh, John, as you pointed out, the officiating, I thought it sucked. I'm going to call what it is. Yeah. Uh, I thought all, it really – All night. All night long. And, and the, the thing that bothered me more than anything else – was just the inconsistency with it. You know, there were times where they would call things against Boston and they wouldn't call it against Philly. And times they would call things, uh, you know, uh, against Philly and they wouldn't call it against Boston. There was just no real flow. No. Uh, and, that, and and to me, it just makes for a crappy product. Late, whist- with you. Late whistles after misses, yeah. you know, like just, yeah. just uh, garbage stuff. Yeah, just, but, but I, I will say this though, and I don't know how much you guys have talked about Grant Williams, but I'm, I'm t- he to me is the unsung hero. I mean, yes, Joel, Still got his points, but damn it, Grant made him work. Uh, Grant made him work. And Grant, I thought, threw him out of rhythm, particularly in the second half, because you guys have probably saw the same thing we did. He was running out of steam. (laughs) And smash face. This is a a Max Letterman sort of lower third right here. Yeah. Man, did his his face get smashed, too. Yeah. And, and yeah, but again, Grant, I I thought this was the best game he's had, certainly in this series. Uh, one of his better playoff games because he played a role as John, as you pointed out, and he was impactful in that role. How so, do you, yeah? How do you, how do you shut Grant up? You literally have to step on him. Step you, on his face. You have, you have That's to literally. How you, do it. you have to be a three hundred pound man and step on his face. But Grant, from Grant had talk about unsung hero moments from Grant from buying that technical foul at the end of the uh, you know uh, at the end of the quarter there. Uh, to you know, going in there and literally just getting, just being beaten up. That his his role there was just to let Embiid slam into him. It's just isn't that great, John? The, yeah, the two that? times he complains last couple games, he gets the tech, and last game he got the review that erased the Embiid bucket. Yep. It's so. amazing how things work out your way when you just play the damn game, keep your mouth shut, and play <laughs> your role. It's not but, that complicated, Grant. Right. Really he picked is. his spots. Yeah, and he, did, he had a hell of a game. It was tough. It was honestly a credit Philly too. It was tough sailing all game. Um, the, it was tough getting getting into the interior. Tatum, you know, Tatum got you know got blocked a couple of times. Derek White, um, you could tell like it was it was rough sailing in there. You, teams had to work really hard for their buckets. So both sides, I think, really kind of you know uh, really clamped down defensively tonight. It was pretty good. 
there. So good, good on the Celtics for not coming to pieces. They came out at the start of the game and it was like, bing, bang, boom. Like, Oh God, this type of offense are going to put up one thirty tonight. And then it really, really slowed down. So again, uh, you know, they had to work hard for their buckets uh, to get them tonight. And, uh, and, you know, and I thought they did, I thought they kind of, I thought they kept their composure even at times where things weren't going great for them. They never let it get away. You know, they never let it really snowball. And they stayed, most importantly, stayed with that defensive focus throughout. They didn't let frustrating trips on the offensive end come back and impact them defensively. They, they, they really stuck to it. And they took advantage of, the, of that real estate between the three-point line and the paint. I thought yep. they, that was the adjustment that they had to make against the wall. Rather than just keep beating your head up against the wall, trying to score at the rim, or just keep jacking threes, look at all that real estate you got in between those two zones and make it. I thought Jalen Brown did a great job of that. Derek White, I thought, second half. Even Tatum hit a floater. He Tatum hit a floater, does. exactly. Yep. And, and, and well. when Philly goes back and watches the film, now they've got another thing to worry about. Yes, the three-point shot, they got to worry about it. And certainly Jalen Brown's ability to finish at the rim. But now you've got all that space in between where they've had multiple guys in this game yep. exploit that and take advantage of them. And, and, and I don't know how much you guys talked about James Harden, but my goodness, just atrocious what we're seeing out there. I mean, 18% I, it's, it's, in it's the field. It's painful to watch him play now. It's painful to watch him play. It is really painful. So I mean, this is how I it's felt to the about with the Celtics. Yeah. It's like, who do we want to really pick on tonight? Yeah, I think a lot of people made a lot of good points um, that I didn't fully consider uh, after Game One, but there was the amount of rest for James Harden um, and how that factored in. You know, because I mean, I he just looks like he's not capable of you know i mean it's just it's hideous the amount of jump he had it wasn't just the shot was falling just the way he was moving in games one and two i mean he was just passing it directly to the celtics early on he couldn't get you know he, he, he you know he couldn't really get by anybody the turnovers All, killed them before halftime I mean, the they were within six were or so unreal and, then, and harden was capped in turnover it was yeah. it was really bad bad ones too balls flying out of bounds their guard play is kind of stunk in this series. And Maxi was brutal tonight too. Yeah. I mean, brutal. Melvin's so a guy you can go at out there. One, I thought the he was guards, a better defender than this. Game one, the guards wanted for them, and I uh, and uh, and uh, you know and, and and today they were they were bad, man. They were really bad. Maxi four of sixteen, uh, three of nine from three. Harden three of fourteen. Uh, five turnovers. I mean, you see it over there. The turnovers were just brutal, and they weren't even like pressure. He was just throwing it wherever the hell he wanted to. It was right. really, really bad. Yeah, and they can't compete with him playing like this. They need someone else to step up on. I think they need Melton in place of a hard in place of uh in place of uh in place of uh, Tucker in the starting lineup. I think that that's the automatic move. Right. It's tough to play and beat and Tucker together because at most you're just seeing these tiny pockets where Tucker scores. And offense is the issue for Philly right now. Celtics are jamming them up defensively. You can leave Tucker alone. Everywhere on the floor except from the corner. Yeah. Literally. This is this was more or less a 2022 kind of Celtics win. Just bite the runs, defend, put your head down, score on some key possessions. Things look sloppy late. The offense, you're going to leave with some questions here. Uh, but overall, you're thrilled with the commitment to ball movement and the commitment to defense, which is something over the last couple of games here. And Joe has started talking about it more. Yeah that I love to hear and I love to see from this team. They're noticing, and I've talked to numerous players over the last couple of days, John, who say, we got to be better defensively. 
We do need garden report bibs. I was excited and I drank my water fast and it spilled. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm very interested, by the way, Rob Hart tonight. I'm gonna go check on him in the locker room, John. Do uh, do everything in your power to make sure Rob is okay. Look, he came back. On make the you bench. some lemon loaves if you have to, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> he he had a little sleeve. Um, I think Rob was fine. Um, you know, uh, you know, he was back on the bench. It looked like he yeah. could have played. When yeah. he was back on the bench, that that gave me a sense of confidence because I think if he would have been just significantly injured he probably would have stayed in the back yeah. uh but uh, again rob and, and it, rob was another one who i thought that he picked his spots to be Jumpy. Yeah. yes and he was really smart about it i mean rob wasn't going for every single shot that came in the paint but he knew as a help side defender he had a couple of really nice plays that they needed and this was again this was an all hands on deck kind of game i mean yeah. tatum and brown are going to get a lot lots of the headlines obviously but you start going down the line of all the guys that played. Every single one of them had at least one or two moments where their play was significant in this game's outcome. And let's talk so. about how many moments this guy had. Uh, Al Horford, uh, big shots all game long. And Al Horford, if, if you were paying attention, I think a lot of people were, um, to uh, what came out of shoot around this morning. Al was Al was, Al was, was tested a little bit. Uh, on Elite a shooter? Hold what? And, and I have it. I just happened oh, to have Okay, good. I just happen to have that clip. So here was Al kind of talking about why his shot's been off a little bit. And here's how this exchange went down. Love uh, it. Th this morning. Here you go. Love your it. Best, your best shooting season this season. Shot's kind of gone away a little bit here in the playoffs. What's different? What's going on with the shot now? Not, not, not much difference, really. Um, I'm still getting good looks. And, uh, and uh, I'll continue to shoot them. Um, even throughout the season, I went through, you know, ups and downs. And that's just a part of it when you're... You're, when you're an elite shooter, you know you're gonna you're gonna get him up. You're laughing. You don't think I'm an elite shooter? I do. My number, my numbers don't support yeah, it. They do the best. Yeah, hey, you know, we go through walls. You know, so um, yes, just staying Al. confident and ready to go. Yes, Al. Thank you. That's my OG right there. Yes, Al. Yeah. What you don't think of it? Check the stats. I got receipts. You want me to pull out those receipts? Come we're on. giving. We're giving. I, I think that was Duke Castiglione who laughed, and we're giving Duke the game ball tonight because Al was big <laughs> down the stretch. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And I think I mean Al had 17 points tonight. Had 16 total in the yeah. first couple of games. That I mean, clearly, you know, Al was locked and loaded and just ready to make an impact. And the sh you know the shots that he take, those are the shots he's been getting. You know, throughout this series, so <laughs> it, it, it yeah. wasn't this kind of unusual, revolutionary thing that he was doing. This is what Al Horford has been doing all season. You look at his numbers; he has been one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA most of this season. Uh, and you know, it's it. I find it it's funny to me to hear Al call himself an elite shooter. That to me was funny because Al is like Mister. He's like the the Mister Humble. He doesn't feel usually. He doesn't feel comfortable talking about himself in a truly positive light like that but you know if, if you got the receipts to back it up then you then you absolutely flex like that what's funny is he kind of said it half joking on a lead shooter but because, when that dude started laughing and then he, but he did not like being laughed at because the numbers this year actually would say he's a lead but he knows he's not an elite shooter but you know He's going to shoot his shots, and he did, um, and it's been big. I mean, this was huge for him. Um, you know, Al's threes were game savers because I do believe that, um, again, the offense had rough patches tonight, you know, and they got bailed out by time, by a few timely threes, and Al uh, Al, Al can count, account for five of them, you know. Um, yeah. 
So things weren't necessarily going great, but it ended up somewhere, you know, in a possession that there wasn't really terrific movement. And bang, Derek White hit one that he shouldn't have hit. You know, like there was a couple of those uh, and it worked out for them. So, again, they kept shooting. They hit their shots when they needed to. uh, And they got through some of the rougher patches when things started to kind of stagnate a little bit. But old man Al had a little life in him. That's great because I think people were dogging him, too, because especially you see, you know, you know, you see sometimes his box score is like one for three, you know, and it doesn't look like he makes an impact. So when Al's popping a few, that looks great. Um, You know, and it's again, he's just, he's just what he needed to be. Yeah. And he needs to do that in this series just to keep Joel and Joel honest. I mean, exactly. Joel is going to sit in the middle of the damn paint if you don't give him reason not to. And Al knocking down those shots, that was a big part of why I thought Joel, as we got near the middle, latter stages of the third quarter, you could tell the tank was on E. I mean, he was just absolutely gassed. And, and understandably so. He's a big man uh, who's logging major minutes coming off a you know a knee injury that, you know, we don't know how, if this were a regular season, how long he'd be out. My gut tells me he might still not be playing if this were in a regular season. Uh, but he's finding a way to gut this thing out and and, and – his offensive game, it is what it is. He's going to be dominant in that respect. But he's not moving great. And he's never been a great mover to begin with. But he really does look slow, even by Joel and Bede standards. Uh, and if you're the Celtics, you know, again, with games every other day, I'm not sure he's going to be moving it much better than what we've seen tonight. Yeah. Uh, his conditioning, I think, will, will, will get better. But how? But that doesn't. that's a completely separate category from his ability to run up and down the floor. Um, I, I suspect as this series goes on, if Rob Williams is, is able to just stay healthy, we're going to see probably in the next few games at least one or two rim runs by Rob where he just basically beats him down the court. For yeah, we're done. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting um, strategy-wise how they've decided to play this um, and the amount of double big. You've noticed Al will play solo against Embiid, um, and then it will be either uh, you know Grant and Rob or Rob and Al, but it's always, if it's not going to, if Al's the only big who's allowed to be the only big out there um, against yeah. Joel. So he has a task when he's out there and he doesn't have one of those other guys, it's got to be him. And then when he goes out, they're they're using the Grant and Rob kind of combo there. Rob to be back there to clean stuff up and Grant to kind of body him and man him up. But you saw they threw a bunch of different things at him tonight. They threw uh, Jalen Brown at him a little bit, you know, Marcus Smart. Different guys to just try to agitate him when he catches the ball, um, you know, at the top of the key and tries to go to work there. And that's been good because you know what? Yeah, he's going to bully you into the paint like he did a couple of times, like he did the jail that one time. Those guys might help kind of prevent – him having another 20 for 25 shooting night with a bunch of free throw jumpers, which is another way that he can really go to work. And you don't want to get hurt that way necessarily. Um, So it's been an interesting combination of things that they've done for him uh, there. But again, if he's not a thousand percent, and as you said, you know, as the series wears on and they're not getting breaks and if he's not able to get up and down the floor the same way, I mean, again, I thought he looked way better tonight than he did, um, uh, the other the other night he was moving better he um, did. S- still a real defensive pressure uh, presence but if they're not getting scoring from the rest of the guys if they're not getting 
people who can they're going to need Superman Embiid to win, right? You need 40-point Embiid. I don't know if you're going to get that um, if these guards are going to kind of keep putting up performances like this. So, uh, again, Harden doesn't have the game of the century, you know, the game of his year against you in game one. It's a 3-0 series right now, uh, even, you know, despite how the Celtics kind of let that one get away from them. Bring in Josue Pavone. Josue, what did Joe say? Is he chippy? Is he, is he, does he have a chip on his shoulder today? What's up? Yeah, the same kind of vibe. Um, Anyone to ask me about my game three adjustments? <laughs> Not along those lines, but more uh, more so towards me uh, when I talked about <laughs> what did how, you the do? Celtics, how the Celtics made adjustments uh, and what did they do? What did you see in the second half in the sense that they weren't fouling as much because the Philadelphia 76ers were 15 for 15 from the free throw line in the first half. And he goes, uh, I told them don't foul as much. I was all right, Joe. So I did the classic, uh, you know, clap back before you lose your spot type of, uh, you know, follow up and I was like well did you tell them <laughs> did you say something about it? I mean I mean did you uh not, not did you tell them I asked um did you um did you did you have a game plan for that or did he go no they figured it out on their own and I think that was the overall message that he had throughout the press conference was that the Celtics had the awareness to make the adjustment that they needed to make and he didn't have to tell them and he obviously um appreciates that and sees that as the biggest reason why they uh they, they were up by double digits towards the end of the game I mean, Jason Tatum outscoring the Philadelphia 76ers in those last three minutes certainly helped the cause, but um, the Celtics team as a whole put them put Tatum in that position. And, and of course, that, that defense that led to those those stops that built that lead um, started with them just stopped fouling. They couldn't find that rhythm. They couldn't find the rhythm on that end because, because of that. And that's what really kept Philly in the game throughout, you know, <laughs> three quarters. That's the problem with a, game, a team like Philly. You can't give them the calls you give them that are ticky-tack because they're going to get so many on their own because they are physical. Embiid's going to draw contact that's legitimate. You can't right. get. You can't give all of them. It, it, the, the the phantom ones are killers because then. <clears throat> then when the real stuff happens, all of a sudden you're just racking up an insane amount of fouls yeah. and you're putting teams in the bonus, you know, with seven minutes to go in the quarter and stuff. So I just, I thought <laughs> I mean, I'm I talked about it. You have to be physical with me. That's the, that's how you stop him. You know, you and, have to, but he gets, but he, you can't the, stop him even when you're physical with him. Yeah, no, that's true. Shirell, but I feel like that, that balance, the Celtics have, have, have trouble finding that balance in the yeah. first quarter and a half. Right. Yeah. Um, we're going to, this is uh Joe. It's not a fun, I feel bad. I'm almost like, I don't even know if I can play like a normal Joe bite unless he's getting really mad or snippy, but here's just Joe talking about kind of, you know, switching things over and having the guys play in a hostile environment. I mean, they've been here before. Um, and so I think just embracing it, I think sticking together. Uh, I thought the guys that, you know, when they, the way they communicate in timeouts, the way they communicate to each other after timeouts, the way they communicate to each other during the game is the most important. So those guys have a togetherness and a connectivity, and I think that's how you have to get through it. you got to you gotta manage your expectations. you got to know that what you're up against. And so it's not going to go your way, as you guys said. And so understanding that and then just building an awareness to when it's not, how quickly can we get it back. But, you know, it's, on, it's them. They communicate. They stick together. Uh, and they execute. That togetherness and, and connectivity that Joe's talking about, when I hear him say that and I look at the Celtics and then I look across the way and I see the Sixers, that's a big-ass difference. They don't look nearly as connected or together. And the reason for that is because when their best player is on the floor, 
they tend to take a deep breath and kind of relax. They don't play with an edge. They don't play with that 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 nastiness that you need to win a series. And yet, when he's not around, they're like, "Oh crap, we gotta, we have to play together. We gotta be on the same page just to compete." And that's to me, that is going to be the challenge for Doc Rivers going forward. I thought it was going to be the biggest challenge tonight, and I was right. How do you get the best of what Joel Embiid has to offer and extract the best of the guys around him? Can you get all that together? Because we've seen two games. Three games. First game without Joel Embiid, the rest of the group looked great. They won. Second game, he comes back. It was kind of a tune-up game. He looks great. The rest of the guys, they suck. This game, again, Joel looked really good. The rest of the guys, not so much. How can he? How can they do that? And, and I got an answer. They can't. They're not built to do that. They don't have the kind of guys around Joel that play with that nasty edge that you need to have when Joel is on the floor. And part of that is because Joel, as big and strong and as physical as he can be, he's not trying to be big, strong, and physical most of the damn game. He, he spends more time on the damn floor than any other player in the series, and that's inexcusable. You are the biggest, baddest man on the, in, the, in the game, and yet sometimes you fall with no one even touching you. In game two, he's literally running up the court and falls down at half court. Honestly, the, the play where choice, he stepped man. the play where he stepped on Grant was falling. It was yeah. falling. He was yeah. falling when he shouldn't have to fall. But we'll welcome Bobby Manning back into the fold. What's up, Bobby? Bobby, yeah, yeah you you live, bro. You're not backstage no more. <laughs> Just wait with the jokes. Do you, yeah. do you had that look like, wait, am I live? That's <laughs> all right. Well, 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 you know, that's Bobby. will get there. He'll get there when he gets there. Um, so, yeah. I mean, no, I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm wondering how the Sixers can find that happy medium where you can, you can, uh, empower James Harden, but not so much as the, the kind of attempts or the same type of look that we saw in game one, because you, you can't do that. Right. When Duel beats out there, but how do you, I don't think James can do it physically. I think that's the bigger problem. I don't think James can like get to the spots that he's used to getting to James. Yeah. I think he's become just a, he's a three point shooter when he is not, Getting to the cup, and he right. just, and the Celtics don't allow him to get to the. Well, cup. he woke up Jalen though. That's the thing. Like Jalen, like he's he's still thinking about game one. He's like, you never do that shit again. Like you can just tell. Like I yeah. feel like he's the, well, he's the one that's taking the mantle, being like, isn't I got that it. thing? So I, I did want to say that because isn't it amazing? Like you know, for pride. The, it's a pride for, thing. But when we say things during the year, like you know, because I think Jalen has over time earned the reputation of a three and D guy, you know, a two-way player, two-way wing. And it's, it's discussed that way as if it's been that way throughout his career. And the reality is he was a fearsome defender earlier in his career, but over the last couple of years, it's an inconsistent effort, but you know, it's there. It's almost like the whole team philosophy on defense. Why I wasn't worried necessarily at times when they weren't playing great, uh, defensively, because I'm like, as soon as they decide, it's an effort thing. They have the guys who are capable of being outstanding defenders. So it is every once in a while you need Jalen to get there, and he does. And you see it. You've seen those times where he's smacking the floor and he's locked in. So he's taking it seriously. That game one is probably what you might have really needed to awaken the beast there, because it's totally different. He's putting as much, if not more, effort energy and pride into what he's doing defensively as his offense, which is clearly his hallmark. And that's a good thing um, because it totally changed around game two from the, from the tap when he decided to pick up Harden, have not just guard him, but full court. And all of a sudden Harden was like, Oh, so 
this is going to suck. And, and it took him out of the whole game. Right. Uh, and they were, fight, as we said, fighting through screens. Nope, nope, I'm still here. You're not getting through. You're not getting the cheapy. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. You try your bullshit rip-throughs and all of that stuff. Nope, that's not going to work either. Harden stopped trying to score. Anytime anytime he didn't shoot a three, he stopped trying to score. All he did was try to draw fouls. It was that's sad. All, that's fouls all he's done. Fouls. Just yep. foul hunting, that's all he's done for two games yep. because he realizes I can't get there. So I got I, to buy call. Or I'm not going to score, and, and he knows it now, and it's in his head because he knows, like physically, this guy's going to dominate me at this point. So Jalen put that in his head. He's that young whippersnapper who's like just too fast for you, and Harden knows it at this point, and yeah. and he can't do anything other than what he's been doing, and that's hope the three falls or foul hunt. And even when he tries to get a switch, and he has to do with Marcus Smart, Smart's giving him the business. James Harden has been. Just one of the worst defenders in the postseason right now. Uh, I went back and looked at the numbers after game two. Guys were seven for nine when James Harden guarded him in game two. Yeah. Seven for freaking nine. Yeah. We're not, and it's not like the Celtics had like one or two guys. It was like four different guys that were giving yeah. him the business. So, hey, Bobby Manning. Hey, Bobby, you gonna be, you're going to be able to do it this time? Yeah. Your, your dial up internet got through. Hold on one second. Uh, uh, Bobby, what do you got? I got a fun clip I sent over to you from Grant. I didn't see Robin there, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I'll, f- I'll find it and I'll play it. Grant did react to the stomp, and I think you guys will like it. Oh, okay. Let me get the Grant stomp going, and we can uh, we can talk about it. Uh, man, good for him, though. He really – he could have not come back. Yeah. I mean, it looked awful. It looked I awful. Mean, 300 yeah. pounds stuff. Oh, I mean, straight hey, up hey, the entire face. When you look at the, the replay, but my goodness. Don't do it that he could take it. He's tough. Oh, here's here's Grant. Have you watched the video? Like, I mean, I, I, Durango, yeah, Jim, Jim showed me the video more recently. I was like, we got some swelling. It happens, man. He was falling backwards, and I'm just thankful that he didn't like fully like just lean his weight onto it because he definitely got me a bit pretty badly. Then, like, I think he like, felt that he landed on something, so he picked his foot up. So, um, yeah, it hurts a little bit. A little quiet there, but you can hear it. Um, you know, in pretty good spirits about it. But I mean, you know. If that doesn't make you love Grant all over again, what's what will, right? Listen, he, you get you get multiple Tommy points for that. I mean, <laughs> all, all the it, Tommy points, the whole, it, a series worth of them. Take it the, the, the foot to the face, and then get your ass back in the game afterwards. I love it. Yeah, he's this been a, great. This I is mean, a big is... show. I'm so excited. I keep spilling water on myself. <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed if you didn't say point. I know. Out. Everyone's like, everyone's like, dude, John, like, learn to drink. Yeah, I know. I got it. I just, I've been excited. I'm trying to drink fast and then operate the board and talk to these guys, and it's gotten a little sloppy. I apologize. Go ahead. This is another good crank game. I, I, I'm baffled at this point, John. It's because he got bumped. Do not bring Bobby. up Atlanta. Do not bring no, up no, no. Atlanta, Bobby. Don't no. do it. Don't don't say it was a bad decision because this Wait. is why it was a good decision. So How go good was it, Bobby? Phenomenal. Another <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> game. <laughs> it's Cinco de Mayo. We should be having drinks. For, oh, never mind. Let me stop. And this is. is we'll talk later. Is, this is the kind of game, and I think he had one similar to this in the first round series where he's not scoring, he's not hitting shots, but he's doing other little things. Uh, particularly on the defensive end, as we said, to open the show. And he's so versatile on that end 
that you can use them in a number of different ways. In fact, at one point, they moved the center, John, just for a few minutes, but it's another look you can give uh, the opposing team Grant? out there. Yeah, he was out they've there done, center for done one that a, minute. They've done that a ton in the past. You can play a small you can play a small ball lineup with Grant at the center. Right, and now you have him in the rhythm. He's out there spacing in crunch time. He's part of that crunch time lineup because Brown's in foul trouble. Uh, he, he can be that threat in the corner. He's going to space the floor just because of that reputation as a three-point shooter. I don't think there should be a game going forward where he doesn't play at all. Oh, Bobby. I, we'll he's see. too good. Let's just play, play game by game. I, it, why are we doing that with him? He's part of the rotation. He should play no, every not. game just like everybody else. He is not part of the rotation. What? Since when? Last postseason. This after the All Star series, late this yeah. season. <laughs> Last postseason, he played 27 minutes per game on the way to a title. Last played well. Got it. Last postseason. That was months ago, Bobby. If you and, want to make, he made Doka was Last still postseason, head coach. Mike Budenholzer had a job. It's Today, not so much. Exactly. Look, I, I, I think <laughs> I, 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 I'm. Honestly, I lean more team Bobby on this, not in the sense that he's essential and that he has to play. It's just that it really comes down to the trust in in uh, Hauser and Hauser minutes and the type of team that you're playing versus a team where you want physicality and defense. And that's what you want in this series. We all said Grant's going to play, even when Grant wasn't oh, playing. Against, series, we yeah. said we all we all guessed Grant wouldn't wouldn't play much uh, against Atlanta. Um, and I thought he'd have multiple DNPCDs, and he did. And we guessed that he would play a, a great deal against Philadelphia and Milwaukee. It's just what the series calls for. But if they go Golden State again, I don't know. Maybe I, you know, Denver. I, you know, every matchup is different. If they make it all the way there, uh, the Heat. I don't know. Golden State, one hundred percent, John. I mean, he has to. He has to redeem himself of the whole Draymond situation. Guys, like, you remember that could be mental for his career, like moving yeah. forward. Like that's a big step, I, I believe. Yeah. We're talking hypotheticals now, but still, that that would be. Yeah, that's a that's a matchup. I, I I'd be upset if he missed out on that type of matchup. He left a, he left a piece of his manhood out in San Francisco for sure, you know. So and then went to the and then went to the man's wedding, but and I then went to his wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you're gonna make the finals this year, if you're gonna win a championship, he needs to be part of the picture to some degree. And not only <laughs> it doesn't have to be 27 minutes, rather, it could be 10 minutes. It could be the Hauser minutes that you've given him at certain points. I just think he brings more all around not only shooting and defense but a little bit of that basketball IQ and just experience in these moments that you want to lean on you finally I think seeing him shoot aggressively to Joe Sway's point of maybe the benching working and instilling some of these lessons into him or habits again that they want him to play with good play my favorite play of this game is probably the closeout he attacked John where he hit white for the three free throws got off the ball in the lane instead of trying to toss something up or do too much. And I think that's the biggest difference you're seeing right now with him is playing that narrow, decisive role on the offensive end and not isoing or taking rangers or floaters or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, take a page out of PJ Tucker's book, even though people are frustrated by him, but like he knows, like I'm not here to do any, I'm not here to do anything, but stand in the corner and shoot threes and play defense. And that's really what Grant's got to be. That's it. You know, he does. He have more skill than PJ Tucker. Of course he does. Is he able to do more things? Sure. It's just not needed on this team. His role here is to do that. And that's what this team needs. Um, And, if he does that, then great. Um, and if he 
zips it a little bit. Let's um, let's talk. I just want everyone's take on Tatum's game. Um, can't argue with how things finished. Uh, I didn't, again, didn't love the strategy um, that the Celtics had employed with slowing it down and isoing and giving it to him and the elbow against uh, against Tobias Harris. And I just think that welcomes, you know, disaster down right i don't love the slowdown but he hit his shots and again ultimately so much of tatum comes down to if you hit the big boy shots you get to play the big boy game you know but when you don't you have to you know you get the fingers coming you know in your way but it's it's been tough sailing Embiid's Embiid's gotten to him a little bit trying to get into the lane uh and what he needs to do i you know to his credit i don't think he like stayed on the ground as much as he did at time, you know, other times, um, you know, he got back up and he kind of kept looking for different things. He did, as we said, try to floater in there. He kind of kept with it. I don't, th- the best thing I'll say is I don't think it was a perfect game from Tatum. And I thought a couple of times he forced the issue, but he didn't allow himself to get super frustrated or take himself out of the game all night. And he was there when they needed him. And he hit, you know, he hit those, you know, scored all of those points late that, that put the game away. But uh, yeah. you know, your guys kind of thoughts on his game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you look at it, that's what stands out the most. He closed it out. He outscored the Sixers. That's what superstars do, and, and that's what he did. I mean, I, I expected a bit more in terms of a, a classic bounce-back game for Tatum, where it's usually, you know, much more efficient. He's not just relying on more of the, the, the three-point shot. What do you take, 11 in this one? Three of 11 from deep, so kind of a kind of a casual Tatum in the sense of, like, the, the, the way he was dribbling and really milking the shot clock in certain possessions. But, I mean – in the second half, he found his rhythm, and, and that's what that's what matters most. You know, uh, other guys stepping up as well. I, I thought between Jalen and, and Marcus Smart, you know, Tatum was that guy that sort of closed it out because of what everyone else was doing. And then the Sixers just don't have an answer for him, right? I, I just want him to get to the free throw line a bit more. What was he, four, four or five in this one? I mean, eight, nine, ten free throws. That should be automatic, night to night, especially throughout the playoffs. It so, should, but that's my only yeah, gripe, yeah. really. Um, just trying to be more aggressive. Sort of what Jalen's been doing more. I, I still think Jalen's been the – uh, sort of the uh, still that MVP that we that we awarded him for his first round matchup, you know, against the Atlanta Hawks. I think it still stands, but we're probably what halfway through the series here. So obviously Tatum still got plenty left, but yeah, he's getting he's getting back into things. It's a step in the right direction, but again, I want to see more uh, him going to the paint and, and get to the free throw line more often. I just want him to just whatever he's doing be one of the best on the floor at doing that. Like his scoring, we know he can score with the best of them, but I want him to make, I want him to make an impact defensively. And I thought he did some really subtle things that were really good. Something as simple as keeping a man that's that you're guarding in front of you, yeah. keeping a guy in front of you from beating you off the dribble so that Rob doesn't have to come over or Grant doesn't have to come over and pick up a cheap ticky tack foul because your ass got beat off the dribble. Tatum, I thought did a great job of that in this game. He did. And there were times where, you know, James Harden, those guys tried to ISO him. And he, he just didn't allow himself to get beat. Uh, yeah. uh, and so that's you need he, he's figuring out that you know what if you want the crown of being that dude you got to play both ends of the floor. Yeah, I mean what yeah. flipped the what what flipped the Atlanta series when Atlanta started to get a little bit of momentum? Tatum switching over on Trey Young. Yeah, um, that's a good point. But you know that was um he had a similar play when he um he knocked the ball away from Embiid that that sort of got the offense going when something started things off in that fourth quarter or like towards the end of it. Um, offensive rebounding, he created a couple of second chance opportunities for the team. So when yeah, when he's hustling, doing other things, when the when the shot isn't falling, I mean, we, we see a, a similar stat line to this. But um, but yeah, I mean, that that that's <laughs> going to be something that that gives this team another uh, extra muscle on the defensive end. Yeah, um, and you're right. I mean, I've always thought the the evolution of Tatum's game comes when he fully uh, fully embraces that. Um, 
the what you do to win isn't always necessarily just score. Um, and so you can do a lot of different things. But again, it was, you know, I, this could have gone both ways. He had a little period of time there where he had a bad turnover, had a bad offensive foul. Things started to slow down. And I was like, oh, we could be headed for it. And, you know, he turned it around late, uh, you know, to his credit. So that's good. Uh, still hasn't had that kind of eruption game, but like he needed to answer the bell a little bit because people were looking at it. And I honestly, I can't stand my least favorite conversation is the Tatum Brown. Who's the alpha one guy plays and he's the alpha. And then the other play who gives a crap. Like, I don't, are they having these conversations between George and Kawhi? Like, does this matter? You know, like who gives, it's such a dumb convo and it's such a dumb designation. Ultimately, do what you do well, as you said, Sherrod, all the time. And then just that's pro- that's good enough because they're both exceptional players who do a, 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 a bunch of different things really, really well. They're young, they're athletic, and they're two-way players. Like, that's a lot of stuff. Just do that. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to what, you know, what we're saying about Grant, and that is there are certain matchups where certain players are going to be exceptional. Uh, we've, we've seen at stretches in this game, certain matchups, Jalen Brown is the best player on the floor. We've seen stretches where Tatum is the best player on the floor. That's what having top shelf elite upper echelon talent will do for you. They don't have to both be eating at the top of the mountaintop at the same time for you to be for to be a good team. Uh, and, and they understand that the rest of us don't. <laughs> They're cool with that. They have no issue with, you know, going back and forth as far as who's taking the lead and who's not. And to Joe Sway's point, you know, I don't think it's really much of an argument at this point that Jalen Brown has been the best player on the Celtics roster in the playoffs. I don't even think, I think it's close, but by no means is it close where maybe Tatum, no, Jalen Brown, but if you look at their body of work this season, you got to get the edge to Tatum. When you look at the fact that he's the first player in franchise history to give you 30 plus a game. Um, and to John's earlier point, that, I think, is the scary part for, I think, opponents because you know Tatum has not had that explosive game that you know is in there. You know Tatum can, can have, like, a stretch where he can go four, five, six games where he's giving you 35, 40 points a night and barely crack a sweat. He has had nothing like that up to this point, and yet here they are, two wins away from getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals. So Damn. I'm not worried about Tatum uh, because I know that at some point he's going to hit you for 40. And he's probably going to hit you for two or three 40 pieces. And that's when they become a scary team. That's when they that, – that, that gear that Tatum keeps talking about that they can they can go to, that's what his gear is going to look like. Yeah, um, but again – And it doesn't matter who, who they're playing against too, right, Sherrod? Like, right. After, after what he did in, in, in what, what was it, game six uh, against Giannis and the Bucks, man, like we just know he can go to that level if he needs to. Best thing about this team is I actually think that they don't need it. Uh, whereas some teams need their superstar to have superstar performances. The best thing about this team is you don't need it, as you've seen by Tatum scoring seven, seven freaking points and winning by 34 in the playoffs. I guarantee there's not a game this season where Joel had seven, eight, nine, ten points and they won. Hell no. Most mm-hmm. teams can't do that. In, and, and again, I, I, I mentioned it last game. <laughs> but in the regular season, Tatum had a miserable shooting night in a 12-point game against Philly with no support because the Celtics were down both bigs and Jalen went out and hurt that game, and they beat Philly on the road. So that's another one where Philly must have, you know. So again, this team can beat you. They have enough guys 
that can beat you when you've got Brogdon can score 25 coming off the bench at any given time. And Rob Williams might be one of the most impactful players in the league when he's on the floor at times and he's coming off the bench. There's just a lot of guys. And again, you haven't had a good Derek White series either. So um, there's just a lot of different ways. You know, you had Derek White as your second most reliable player in the first series. And, you know, he hasn't he hasn't done it much. This He could wake up and drop 27 next game or something. So you can get it from a lot of places. Um, Sherrod was talking about how JB has been unquestionably the uh, the the best player uh, for the Celtics so far. And I think that's totally fair. Um, here's Al Horford talking about, we also talked about tone setting. Here's Al talking about it too. Find yourself following him more often, especially early in the season. Like the ball in his hands. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jalen is setting the tone for us. Um, he, uh, he's doing a great, he's doing a great job and we're, you're right. We are following him, uh, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. So, um, uh, uh, you know, he's playing at a very high level right now. Phenomenal question, Bobby. Give that uh, man well, well said by the elite shooter for the Boston Celtics, Al Horford. Elite shooter. He's he's elite. No shout, shout no shout out to the Garden Report on that one, but that's fine. Not shout out to Duke. Not everybody has to do exactly. I was saying Duke gets a game ball. Yeah, <laughs> no, he gets the brownie. He gets the brownie. He motivated out. You know it doesn't Yeah, take the brownie money. award, you're right. He gets the brownie award. He motivated Al. That's what that's what Al does. He responds to to whatever he, he whatever he deems is a slight disrespect. How dare you laugh at me, Duke? I love that. <laughs> you know what it was too? It was uh, I don't know who who did the first initial like little chuckle, and then it was the he was the second one. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Came, that. In, so came really big with it. Wait a minute. Because Al, Al said it joking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Al got the requisite. Ha ha ha. But mm-hmm. Duke o- overdid it, and then he looked like, right <laughs> at him like. <laughs> You believe this guy? And it's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a second. You're a little not, too hard. You're a little too not, hard. It's not that funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. You know my stats, it. right? Like That's why he was kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah. You left a little too hard there, so let me uh, correct you. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Take, it, yeah. take it easy, buddy. No, that was fun. Uh, you know, we gave, we gave Alice flowers earlier, too. That was good. Um, you know, good on him. But, again, you know, it's – you can get it a lot of places. I just don't, you know, you just really can't. When we talk about depth, and again, that's really what it comes down to, how many teams can have three or four different guys be the guys who win games for you on a, on a regular night? To have your Al, you can have a night where it's Al Brogdon and White, you know, like and have your two best yeah. players not not play great. And like still, how many teams have that? It's that not a lot, not a lot that do where you can get it up and down, up and down the roster. It, I think everyone thinks this is like Jimmy and I, we have these semantic debates about depth. Yeah. <clears throat> Without full faith in your eighth man, are, are you truly deep? And it's really more about the depth in the sense that you have seven starters. And at any given time, you've right. got three, you've got three of them on the, when you're going to your bench, you've got three you and four starting, ca- not ju- starting caliber players on the floor at all times, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge advantage for them. You know, and they, they, you see it where you can suffer off games from some of your better players and, and, and do it. But the Jalen thing is interesting in terms of what Al just said there. Like, what do you guys think of just that response? Response like, yeah, we are actually following his lead because again, people are like, you know, it's that whole, who's the leader, who's the guy, who's the, mm-hmm. you know, when when you see them kind of slog through stuff and you're like, who's the guy to wake him up, you know, and you have Jalen have a lot of these we com- comments after games, we didn't come out, we didn't that, 
are they kind of saying without saying it like we know Tatum's the best player, so he's got to do it. And if he's not going to do it, I guess I'm going to do it. And Jalen takes it on himself to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm the alpha. Let you know, I'm the captain now and, and just go out and do it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Jalen's game is, is such that not only is he scoring and, and finishing at the rim, but he, he puts more stress on your defense than Tatum does because Tatum's game is built more so around finesse, whereas Jalen's game is much more forceful. Those drives to the basket, drawing contact, forcing, just putting his body into the bodies of others. Whereas Tatum, you know, he'll sliver into the lane and look to finish. He'll knock down a three ball. He'll look for the mid range, but he, he does. He's not a he's not a contact magnet the way Jalen is. And when you're get to, when we get to this point in the season, you're in the playoffs. You are going to get your ass hit early and often. And Jalen, if we're being honest and real, is more built for that than Tatum. That's not a knock on Tatum because I think Tatum has a much more all-around elite skill set. But in terms of the physicality that comes about in the playoffs, Jalen allows them to get off to a better start because he's literally and figuratively built better for that brand of basketball, I think, than Tatum is. Yeah, yeah, stronger, yeah. stronger, no doubt. But yeah. it's been good. It's been good, good to point. see though. I like. I like. I like this for, I mean, you know, there's a lot to like about Jalen's game always, but it's that locked in two way Jalen right now, the way yeah. he's playing. And, I mean, and it's just, he's, it's, I said it last game. I, I thought he played a close to perfect game. No joke. I went, I rewatched the whole game. There was maybe one thing where you're like, oh, don't do that. The mm. entire game, every time he got into the paint and he made the right read, whether to pull up, take it all the way to the basket, dribble back around or kick it out to an open shooter. If the Celtics shot better from three in the first half, he could have had seven, seven or eight first half assists. He was finding everybody and the defense was aggressive, but smart, not overplaying, not jumping, not leaving its feet, slipping through screens, using his feet not just kind of bullying his way through there. You saw what he did. One time he did use his physicality. This is last game, fighting through a P.J. Tucker screen. He slipped every Embiid screen easy. He fought through a P.J. Tucker screen by slamming him in the chest, and Tucker got mad and hit him back with a forearm. Everything Brown did was all, literally almost a perfect game last game, just in terms of his decision-making, his poise, and his overall effort and energy. And when he does that, he is—it's—he definitely is on a takes himself to a different level versus just the "I can score whenever I want to score." Jalen Brown. So the the guy, the last two games, doing what he's been doing on both ends has been, uh, you know, on another planet. Yeah, man, that was like a big part, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because people forget, like especially in his his early years, like that was a big part of them scouting to get him, you know, to to him becoming a Celtic. Yeah, the athleticism was obviously a big a big selling point, and his ability to score and knock down shots. You know, even his his three point shot was in question at the time, right? They weren't quite sure, but they thought that okay, well, if he really works on it, it, it could be there for him. But it was the defense; it was that two way capability that that really attracted the Celtics and and taking him in a spot where they had a couple of options, right? You know, guys like uh, Heald or Jamal Murray, you know, but they they picked Brown. Chris Dunn. Like, Don't think about Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was in the mix. That's true. That's true. Probably. That's who they wanted because yeah. that's who supposedly Chris uh, Dunn was was uh, one of their one of the. That's who Chicago players. wanted when but and when the Celtics wanted Butler. The idea was that they wanted done. If you want so, him that badly, you could flip him right, right. And so the thought was, well, after they didn't take the guy that Chicago wanted, that Butler trade was dead, and that's why he got booed. That's why people wanted done in that draft. But there was other people. But yeah, 
Crazy. Yeah, there was other names thrown around, but it was more about flipping that pick for for an established star, and, and that's why he got booed. But um, Jalen wasn't looking at it like that way, obviously, and he's sort of kept that in the back of his mind throughout his career. But you know, just to see him get back to that defensive, you know, locksman, if you will, guy who can really get into the the and and slow down one of the better scores, if not the your, your opposing best scoring. Uh, player, uh, that's a huge advantage for the Celtics, especially when you look at guys like Marcus Smart, uh, you know, battling injuries and, and, you know, doesn't always have it 100% night after night, especially in the playoffs, and, and, and Jalen's there to, to pick up the slide. Yeah, and Jalen Jalen's effort to me is emblematic of, like, what I think is the most interesting thing about the last two games is <laughs> Celtics playing with poise the entire game, you know, not, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have letdowns. Like as the offense kind of went to crap and halfway through that first quarter was a little off throughout, but they never lost. Like they, 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 they maintained kind of, I, again, it seems, you know, kind of like a cliche to say they kept their poise, but they didn't come to pieces at any point. You know, they never let the runs get too far. They, 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 they you know, they were always able to answer back all game. Even when things weren't great, it didn't, like I said, it, it even when their offense wasn't working, it didn't affect them on what they were doing on the defensive end. They kept the energy up the whole time. They didn't just give away buckets and, and, and just, you know, piss away really good work by just not being focused, not running back on defense. Uh, I, I, I thought it was, you know, overall, those are one of the big questions we have. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's answered forever and you're going to forget that they have it in their DNA every once in a while to, you know, lapse, but they haven't at all the last two games. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, you know, credit, credit for today. Cause again, this was one that, I think it could have gone both ways uh, and the Celtics never really allowed Philly to kind of, you know, get, you know, get themselves going uh, real quick. Want to mention uh, athletic greens. Uh, one of our sponsors here at the garden report, we got another one coming in next week, which makes everybody at the garden report happy. We'll tell you about that. I might even give you a sneak peek uh, with, uh, with our new sponsor coming on board for the rest of the year. Do I know about this? Oh, I do. Yes, you, you do. You do. But we'll tell you more about that later. First, we want to tell you Athletic Greens, uh, great supplement if you want to go out and get uh, yourself right. Great way to start your day. Uh, 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, adaptogens, one scoop of water. Done. Good for the day. Takes care of everything that you would be chasing with individual supplements, but you don't have to go shopping and have a bunch of different bottles and pills and things like that in your medicine cabinet. You just have your AG1 and you're done. Uh mental clarity, focus, recovery, uh, gut health, immune system, all sorts of different things. Uh, go to athleticgreens.com slash garden. Once again, athleticgreens.com slash garden. Five free travel packs, uh, year supply of vitamin D, and this incredible T-shirt. I know people now no, that – give me one. Now that Marcus is back on the phenomenal train, everybody wants the phenomenal shirts again. We are reprinting some phenomenal shirts. And again, people have been asking about a Garden Report store. I demand now. Shout we to actually expect to have it up soon. So you should – you can either support our sponsors, which we love, and you get it free, or we'll, they'll they'll be for sale as well, which you can well, do. I went to my dad, yeah, that Garden Report shirt. Your dad? Did he buy, yeah. did he buy Athletic Greens? Maybe. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not. <laughs> if, he, if he bought, great. If he didn't, get him buy some. Yeah, just damn it, I'll buy it. It's so, a business, damn it. Play the, adjust- looks, looks like. <laughs> play the adjustments game. What do you do if you're Doc here? I was kind of curious after that game two blowout, what would be different tonight? I'm not sure what 
you know, you noticed it was necessarily different. I thought Embiid was overall, uh, you know, uh, healthier and played better. Um, you know, I thought they did a good job kind of, you know, defending the paint. Uh, but what, what, if anything, do you do from an adjustment standpoint? Now, I mentioned earlier, I really do think Melton for Tucker in that starting lineup makes sense um, there because it'll give you a little more offense. And he was so good defensively, uh, bothering Celtics players and does a really good job. He's athletic and keeps people in front of him. Um, but I don't know what else you do here if you're, if you're Philly because now you went from sitting pretty and we've taken home court and we did it without our star to if we don't win this next one, we're toast. Yeah, well, Melton, I mean, the thing he does well that gets overlooked is he's also a good rebounder. Uh, he had like eight tonight, and I think he's averaging a pretty pretty good clip in this series. Uh, that's certainly something I think Doc has to think long and hard about. Uh, the, but the one thing that would actually help them that the Celtics just refuse to let them do, and that's initiate their offense earlier through Embiid. Because what's happening is if James Harden is bringing a ball up, Jalen Brown is not letting him comfortably get over the half-court line. And by the time he makes that first pass, you know, they've got maybe 12 seconds left on the shot clock. And that first pass isn't to, 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 uh, to Embiid. So by the time Embiid gets the ball early in the game, there's like seven, eight seconds on the shot clock. And now he's set. He's playing against a set Celtics defense. So I think Melted, that's the only thing that makes sense that would allow you to be a little bit faster than you are and have a, another scoring threat out there with Joel because that's a big part of the problem right now. Is there just aren't enough guys out there who can make shots around Joel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's I, I think that's a logical one. The other, you don't have a lot of cards to play though if you're the Sixers, right? You know, like yeah. That might be the only card you have to play. I think, you know, Melton is logical, but at, at that point, I don't know strategically what you're really doing different there. This is your personnel sink or swim, and it's really what you have. I mean, and if, you you can hope guys like Nyang, you know, get hot from three or something like that. He had a great three minutes tonight yeah. where he was, he was making shots. But if you make that change with PJ, he's done because he can't help you off the bench. Yeah. He's done. And so I think that's the hesitancy, I think, on Doc's part to go that route because he knows that one of my better, you know, kind of hybrid defenders, if I make this move, he's not going to see the light of day because there's not going to, I mean, what you bring him in there to play against Grant. That's not really yeah. moving. That's, that's not, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No, so, it might not. Uh, it is interesting. We didn't, we didn't at any point in time, give uh, Marcus any praise tonight. This, the box score is not going to look great, but I thought he played an overall really good game. Yeah. Um, you know, he ended up only five of 15, but I thought he had a period of time there where, you know, what he and he does have these moments where they lose their offensive identity and he's like, all right, screw it. I'm going to do it. And he did have that at a time where they actually really needed it. But he, I thought he was solid all night long, too. Um, you know, and again, not a very, very, very sexy box score by him, for him. But I thought he played a really good game. Well, he had the second best offensive rating of any of the Celtics, only behind Al Horford. Yeah. So the fact is, when he was out there, a lot of good things really happened. And, yep. and again, I, I think the, the one thing that Marcus, I thought, did probably the best thing he did in this game was just being an organizer, just making sure that everyone was was just doing the roles that they're supposed to do. And I think, again, you go back to game two, Marcus played with a certain edge from the moment he stepped onto the floor to the final horn. And it, it feels as though these guys are embracing that need to play with more more of an edge. And I don't know whether it's do you attribute it to Marcus, do you attribute it to Jalen, uh, do you attribute it to just Al? Or who, but the bottom line is he's part of that cohort of Celtics who are 
basically putting a clear imprint of themselves on this game it's going forward it's the marcus and jalen show when it comes to that right now um it, you know if those two uh you know because they've got that dog in them um if if they do it um i think it's hard to not follow at that point al brogdon professionals quiet leaders you know we know tatum and the way he is and it's just more of a demeanor than it is anything else but it's almost like you know it's not a knock on him like you can let's use a cross sports analogy patrice bergeron's not getting up in people's face you know he's a lead by example guy as long as tatum's playing hard both ends that's what you're going to get for but in terms of who's going to get you fired up those guys will get you fired up but they're both playing in control so i thought smart i agree with that i thought he i thought he had a good game um, yeah. Tonight as well. Um, I, think anything they off, I think they feed off of it, like off each other, like I mean, and, I, and just channeling that, you know, energy to to pretty much get everyone on the same page. It seems like you know, whether it's gradual or you know what we saw in game two, where you felt like it was all throughout, you know, yeah. to, a, to a to a blowout win. But yeah, I, I just think that that's something that Jalen is not starting to learn, but in this particular playoff, because he's so focused and so dialed in, especially on offense, that it's getting him buckets in a hurry and he, he's realizing that he's noticing how the team obviously starts playing defense at a higher level when he's continuing to do that and, and and it carries over throughout the course of four quarters but also that offense just hasn't slowed down I mean we're talking about what, what he's been doing you know throughout the entire playoffs and it's been very consistent and he's been easily uh their, their most consistent player so yeah I think the two go hand in hand and, and Jalen's realizing that yeah championship back on oh yeah just like that Definitely. I mean, look across the NBA, too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure players realize, you know, it's it's not as I'm not going to say it's not as easy, but it's not as, you know, ideal. No matter who you're going up against, you just don't know. You don't know what the other team's going to come up with. I mean, look at the, the Bucks is probably a prime example. You know, it's interesting in the locker room beforehand, before the game, uh, it was Tatum, Marcus, and Hauser. They were all just sort of weighing in on what's going on in Milwaukee. And, you know, one side is like, but he, they were number one all year long. Like, how could you fire that head coach? And the other person was like, well, they didn't make adjustments. So that's what happens. You know, it's interesting because, you you know, they, they think about that stuff. And, they, and obviously the Celtics were ahead of the Bucks before they gave up that number one spot. And, you know, look where both teams are now. And you look back on it. And I just think if you're the Celtics, you have to think about that stuff because of what happened last year, going to the NBA Finals and all that. So it's it's good. It's good because in their mindset, it's like, man, nothing's, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing is nothing's promised in this postseason. Yeah, but I think I think with the Bucks, I mean, their situation. I think the biggest reason they got fired is because, other than the championship year, they didn't get out of the first. They got bounced in the first and second round. Every, you know, he almost got just, fired after that championship yeah. year, right? Girl? I mean, yeah. like if, you, if they don't win a championship, and I, I don't mean anything closer. Like I don't talk about like just going to the finals and losing games. No, they had to win a championship. Yeah, and, and to, for him to keep his job, that, that's how I felt. Like that that was the vibe I got for that yeah. for that team going in throughout you know throughout that postseason where he was really like. His, his job was on the line. It ultimately comes back to the one thing that, that we all know that's tr- that's tried and true in this league, and that is get it done in the playoffs. There's a reason why Jimmy Butler is such a ridiculous player who during the regular season we don't really talk a whole lot about, but come playoff time, he becomes a different animal. Uh, and they're, those players, they're the ones that are put in a certain – are held to a certain light, and, and their teams and their coaches get that out of them. But never got that out of out of his guys, other than the championship year. It's a so, tough business, man. Got a, I mean, I got a, a, a news, uh, breaking news or an update. Uh, one of my trusted sources, I should say. And, uh, it's about Grant Williams. Um, Spit it out, Joe Sway. Come on. Nothing too surprising, but uh, 
Grant's gonna be shut. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, he's gonna receive stitches after this game. Well, he's currently he's currently receiving stitches after colliding with Joel Embiid. Um, he's also going to be fitted for a mouthpiece that he's going to start wearing, um, starting for uh, starting for uh, starting game four, and and we don't know how long it's going to, that's going to be. You might as well right give now. him a damn helmet at this point. Uh, dealing with Joel Embiid, I mean, shit. Um, this is great for Grant, though, man. This is going to leave a chip on his shoulder. This is legitimately the best thing that could have being stepped yeah. on by Joel Embiid is the best thing that could have happened to Grant Williams. Yeah, um, it is because everybody's like the shut up Grant and like ugh, roll your eyes at Grant has it because gone. we love you, Grant. It's, it's respect. You got to respect him for this, right? J- Jalen Brown again. We we don't have it here, but Jalen Brown's comments is just kind of like. You know, talking about Grant Williams to put his life on the line for the game, to see his head get smashed on the court and get up with a smile on his face. That's Grant Williams. Uh, he continues, I ain't, you know, I'm not going to keep commenting on the officiating, but what I saw was Grant getting his head stepped on by a 300 pound individual. To see that live was crazy in real time. Probably the craziest thing I've seen on a basketball court. Joe Dumars, you've had a call. <laughs> Calling Joe Dumars. You I don't feel free to watch MVP I, on the night that he got his flowers too. Jeez. I don't think you can do that. Draymond stepped on a chest. Joel Embiid literally curb stomped Grant Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he just stepped on the and, back of his well, head. The, and the, the funny part of the funny part, but the irony about it is that the the rationale that that was behind, you know, um, uh, stepping on Sabonis, is the same rationale why Joel stepped on Grant. He, he was he right there. Yeah, he didn't have nowhere to go. So if if you know if if Draymond got suspended, why wouldn't Joel? Yeah, I don't know. For stepping on a dude's head versus stepping on his chest, I would. I mean, again, stepping on someone's head is like a kind of a big deal, oh. particularly when you're 280 pounds, <laughs> and that's being generous. That, that is was... a very generous weight. So um, where where is he getting stitches, Josue? And, and is, is that going to impact his availability or no? Like he's in the process of. I, I don't want to say it's, it's happening in the locker room, but um, according to this report, it's uh, it's happening right now, and it's in preparation for Game Four. He's going to. Uh, he's, he will be fitted for that mouthpiece, though. That's the part that's that's definitely going to happen. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, they're not saying how many stitches or anything like that. But he is he he will uh, he is currently getting stitches uh, for the collision that he had with, with Joel and dude. Yeah, uh, uh, Jason Tatum talking about uh, Al Horford's big game. <laughs> Whoever laughed at Al earlier, shame on you. <laughs> hey, Celtics fans, you guys should appreciate that. He motivated him. I mean, motivated. we knew Al's going to turn things around, but it happened sooner than, than later. I like chip on your shoulder, Al. I as do, I, too. As I That's said, I went to shoot around um, before game two, and Al was as – if he could, I'm not saying he's a jerk. Al was as short and not polite as Al Horford could ever be. He's still a nice guy and he has beautiful eyes and everything, but <laughs> Yo, everyone says that. I know. <laughs> someone, someone quote, someone quote tweeted our, uh, our video and the guy goes, the guy goes, ah, oh, he's so handsome. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> Something's nation, man. They, they they can't get enough of Al, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because he looks at you with those beautiful eyes and bats those long lashes. But um, you know, it's the lashes, yeah, it's it's all of it. But uh, if he was really like, uh, we are mad, you know, as 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 Joe said, frustrated and angry, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, yes. you, you woke him up. You woke the him up. Off, the pissed off Al. 
You woke up, Al. Anyway, we're get, we're gonna wrap it. These guys are in Philly. They've got a lot more to do, so they've gonna uh, go do those things. Bobby Manning is, you know, cleaning, buttoning it up in the locker room, and you can catch more of our stuff over on our uh, Celtics uh, All Access YouTube channel. Head right over there and subscribe. Why not? Uh, also, yes. you can always, always, always check out the audio version of the Garden Report right here, uh, and you got that little uh, what are those things called? QR code. QR codes. I always want to say, that. yeah. That. Little QR code there. You can scan it. That'll take you right there. You can subscribe when the episode goes up. You can always listen to it. Or you want to listen to it again. You missed the start of the show. You can do that. Or you can watch the replay on YouTube. What's up, Josue? It's a Matthew. Says Josue Thor. <laughs> said, trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's a much more trusted source than that. <laughs> also, uh, check out uh, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Sign up. 1,000 in no sweat first bets. Once again, um, Oh, sorry. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. I got to tell you that. FanDuel.com slash Boston to take advantage of that. Celtics win 114-102. A game kind of felt like they were in control of uh, for most of the night. Yeah, able to withstand a couple of Philly runs. Take home court advantage back. Uh, the NBA championship once again runs through Boston as they have home court um, you know, locked up for the rest of this series. Win or lose in game four or a chance to really kind of put Philly with their backs against the wall. That game four is 3.30 on Sunday. All of these clowns are going to continue on uh, doing stuff in Philly, but you can kind of catch all of our work over at CLNSmedia.com oh, yeah. and on our YouTube channel. And Sherrod, in town too, Dennis. you can subscribe to Sherrod's Substack. What do you got, Sherrod? Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll have we'll have some post game stuff. Looking at this, obviously, and some of the guys that stood out, some of the guys who need to stand their ass down, James Harden, um, from this <laughs> from this game. So, and we'll have some more stuff throughout the week. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And just to close it, uh, Bobby's trying to get in, but I'm I'm not letting him in. Um, the the James Harden thing is interesting because he can only he can only be James Harden. He's either a good version of it or he's not. And the last couple of games he hasn't been. So it's an interesting conundrum because you're not like going to sit him and you're not going to play somebody else. You're just going to play James Harden and hope that he's like the best version of James Harden. So you never know. After two dud games, I suspect he's going to bounce back uh, a little bit because I don't think he's going to lay three eggs in a row, but we'll see. Uh, game four, as we said, Sunday 3.30. We'll be back for that. Thank you for watching the Garden Report once again.